Hey, everyone. Welcome to another Mastermind Advisor podcast. Now, Josh and I are going to talk about what a financial planning practice should look like or what we think a successful financial planning practice looks like. And we're going to actually use my financial planning practice, talk about some of the people that we've hired, some of the people that we outsource. We're going to talk about how we can have a good financial planning practice that's going to continue to grow without having to worry about it if I'm no longer here or if I want to go enjoy my life and go on vacation or anything like that, I know that my financial planning practice is going to be taken care of. The market is going to be taken care of. Everything's going to be taken care of whether I'm here or not. So make sure you tune in and listen to the whole episode because there's one key employee that I do hire that has helped me grow my financial plan practice where I don't have to worry about a whole lot and as well as the partners I've been able to work with. So make sure you tune in and listen to the whole thing. Now, if you want to subscribe, I would appreciate it. You can go to our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube, go to Master, search Mastermind Advisor. You'll find our YouTube channel as well as subscribe to our podcast. That way you get updated on any new videos or podcasts that we put out. This is the Mastermind Advisor Marketing Podcast with Vince Aldre and Josh Woodward. Welcome to another great podcast with my great friend, Josh Woodward. We're the Mastermind Advisor Podcast, and today we're going to talk about building a successful financial planning practice. And I don't know if I can really say I have a successful financial planning practice, but uh, I get a lot of questions on how my financial planning practice is set up and how I'm able to do this and the marketing company and basically not work as much as people think or maybe a lot of advisors uh, are working a lot harder or they think they're working a lot harder um, and they just don't understand how I'm able to handle all the meetings and that kind of stuff. So we'll talk about how we're able to run a, uh, right now we're going to do $36 million this year, uh, so how we're able to run a $36 million practice uh, with Let's see here. I got two admin staff, an appointment setter, and one other advisor. Yeah, I think this is key. Um, I get this question a lot. You know, and I, I talk to advisors. I see more about marketing, but they're always asking me, like, "Man, how does Vince have all this time, um, still doing a lot of this business, helping advisors close business, um, and run a marketing company? Like, how does he? How does he do everything? How does he have the day? What's his practice look like? Um, and a lot of these guys are new, newer, I should say. You know, they're right around the twenty-five to to 45 million in assets and management. I wouldn't say that's new, but I feel like there's tiers, right, in, in the industry. Um, everyone tries to break the 10 million mark, and then it's like the 50 million mark, and that's like the 100 million dollar mark. Um, What's that for that? I need to know. Uh, I think that's like uh, 500. Um, and then you probably go to a billion, and then it goes probably to 5 billion, right? And that's <laughs> okay. The, the <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think this would be a cool one to go over. I know this is somewhat supposed to be a marketing podcast, but I think talking a little bit more in depth about what your practice and how it's shaped um, everyone's roles um, can definitely help some of these guys that are trying to figure that out, especially the ones that are like, and we've talked to these guys that are solo, you know, you know, solo advisors are wearing all the hats and they're, they're trying to get to the next level. I can think of one advisor who tells me he works till eight, nine o'clock at night, every night. And it's like, I know what you're talking about the right way. Yeah. He said, he said that he set up the right way. Um, you don't have to work that many hours and still be successful. So I'm excited for this podcast. Uh, I know we kind of thought about this one a little bit last minute, but um, I think it'll be beneficial to these advisors to hear from you. Well, I, I think it's not only helpful to know how to set up your practice, but to give you more time, 
but to also it helps you close more business. And so it does have it does relate to marketing because I, I think about, you know, we have a system and we follow the system. And this is that we, we don't really change the system much. And this is what helps us close a lot of business, but also helps us manage our clients. So that way we can make sure we're doing the best for them at the same time, making sure that uh, we're con- constantly still able to do the marketing and bring m- more prospects in. Um, there is a cap, I think, as far as how much assets or how many clients advisors can can handle. Um, maybe not cap on assets, but definitely cap on client. You know how many households or clients you can have. Um, and, and when it comes down to marketing, I mean, there's a guy that we worked with. Um, actually, wasn't that successful, but he says he had or has five thousand clients. Well, if you have five thousand clients and you promote that on your webinar. Let me tell you something. No one's going to want to work with you, okay? Because you already have so many clients who are saying, you know, the person that listened to the podcast or the video or the webinar might say, well, how are they going to have any time for me? So it is important to make sure that you do have a good financial planning practice set up so that way you can do the right type of marketing, be efficient with your marketing. I think to all too often we see people drop the ball. Like they, they do, we can get them to like the, the, one yard line, right? Or the one inch line even. And they still will fail because they don't have the right systems or procedures in place with their own financial planning practice. Like they don't have someone to help follow up with their appointments or they don't have someone to, you know, to help build a good email sequence to make sure people do show up to their appointments and, uh, or making sure they are following up with people to make sure they're uh, coming up to their appointments. So all those things matter and that does have something to do with marketing. These two books, okay, Rocket Fuel and Who Not How, okay. Um, Rocket Fuel is great because it helps identify helps identify who is the visionary and who is more the implementer, okay. So the visionary is someone mostly it's usually the advisors, and we hear through we hear a lot of. Of visionaries, trust me. I mean, there's so many guys out there. That, what if we do it this way with our marketing and this way, and you know? Um, but then they never actually are able to implement that stuff, right? Um, and so I've been fortunate enough to hire the right people to help me implement a lot of these things. Who not how is more like who do you partner with, or who you know? Make sure you find someone that can help you do these things. So like with marketing, you know, if you try to do it yourself, it's probably not going to be that successful. You know, this guy that uh, called, you know, with Who Not How, he actually has this guy write the book for him. Like, he doesn't even write the book. He just kind of, like, interviews him every now and then <laughs> and tells him, like, his process. <laughs> so, like, I know. So there's there's that. And, like, I, um, I, you know, the guy that you were referencing, that he he's working from 8 to 8. I think he's got like 115, 120 million under management. He's doing his own seminars. He's got six or seven staff. Okay. So he's got a lot of people, but they're not, I'm not trying to dog on any of them. They're really all nice people, but they're not very efficient. They don't, they don't have, they're not very systematic, very efficient. Um, technically, I think there's like two people that he could really count on. The others, I don't really know what they're doing, but they're, there's like two people, but he's still working from eight to eight. Like he's handling every financial call or every, you know, uh, client call, uh, trying to do everything. And he's like, I need a life for myself. I'm like, I know. So why, 
why don't you, again, who not how, why don't you partner with the right people? Now he helps, we, he uses us for the marketing, which he's thankful for. But when he came out to visit me, he's like, I don't get it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I asked everybody before I came out here, what does Vince do? And they, they're like, well, you know, he's more like the visionary. He, you know, he spends time with his clients, does the meetings, but other than that, doesn't do anything else. And he's like, I didn't believe it before, you know, like I, you know, I would say I don't do as much as you think I do. He didn't believe it until he came out here and talked to people and actually, and they all said the same thing. And here's a guy that is working from eight to eight or actually probably more like seven to eight and has a decent sized book, but can't get the help that he should have. And build and build a good financial planning practice. He looks at me like I'm some, you know, genius, some guy that's like, how does he do this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I think I'm, I don't know. I'm just doing it. So it, it dawned on me that there are certain things that I do that might make my financial planning practice a little bit more efficient and more fun, uh, where I get to enjoy some of the things. Like you know, I'll I'll sneak out of here, right? I'll <laughs> I'll go on the boat or I'll go, you know practice with my kid with his go-kart and stuff. And, um, and I'm allowed to do that because I have some of the things in place to let me do that. Yeah. Very key. Um, so, I mean, to get into it, um, what, what does the office on your side look like? I mean, I have an idea, but you went through it real quick in the beginning, but if we talk about each person and their roles, um, do you want to go into that a little bit more? Or do you not think that? Yeah, the, the first key employee is my administrative person or Jackie. Um, she's my right-hand person. She handles almost everything or she can handle everything. She helps build my financial plans. She helps take client calls. She helps do, if my client needs money, she helps give them, you know, make sure that they can get the money out of their account. Um, she helps with the 401k calls, um, transfers, paperwork, everything. Okay, like the only thing that I do or the only, thing, the only thing I'm good at is the appointments and the relationship with the, cl the client. But Jackie's also good with the relationship part too. So a lot of times people are like, well, how do I get that person? Like, how do I find someone that can just help take care of everything for me? And question right there. The funny thing is I got Jackie because one of my clients asked me if I could help her get a job at Allianz. Because her um, his daughter was working at Jackie was working at Banker's Life, but previous to that she was a manager at a pizza restaurant for twenty years. Okay, so she doesn't have like a good you know like if you were to look at her resume you wouldn't see like a major I don't know if she's got a college degree I don't care if she does so I don't really I don't remember if she does or doesn't um, she she worked at. You know, she has a good long-term, she had a good long-term position at a previous job, which is what I really wanted. And basically, um, I use a, a thing that my mom offers called uh, Profiles, which is kind of like a personality test in a way. Uh, but it gives like an assessment to help determine if they're good for the position. And she was a really good fit for it. She had no experience, though. But that's not a bad thing. In fact, I would rather have someone with no experience that I can train and coach rather than someone that has a lot of experience because a person previous to Jackie had, you know, a big sheet of experience, but technically was um, not very good. Like, like he, 
would take forever on building the finance plans and not know how to do paperwork. Like, I'm like, how do you not know how to do all this stuff? You have all this experience, but he had no, like he really didn't have great experience and he didn't know how to do everything. So you're trying to teach like an old dog new tricks. It, it's just better to have someone that you can train. And so the best way to find them, uh, well, one, don't look in places where you typically might look, you know, someone that has experience, right? Look for people or things that you want, like good people skills. Jackie's got great people skills. Someone that's at least somewhat, you know, got some good verbal skills. Um, someone that ha can do some financial skills, um, but, you know, they don't have to be the financial planner. In fact, I don't want Jackie to be the financial planner. You know, if, if there's a financial question that comes up, she makes sure that she that she's books an appointment with that client on my calendar and then, you know, I'll, I'll go through the financial, you know, the more in-depth financial stuff. Now, Jackie has been with me about five years. She did get her Series 65, so she's got that. Uh, that took her a little bit of time. And then um, she did get her pair planning uh, designation. I think it's a designation. Certificate? I don't know. Something like that. So she does have that. Um, but the funny thing is, when I say build plans, she doesn't actually build the plans either. It comes back How's to this. Possible? Yeah. It comes back <laughs> to this, right? Yeah. And you know who I use. Like, you know, there's a portfolio manager that I like using. Um, I'll, I'll mention them. I'll give a little shout out. Yeah. You know, there's a group. You should shout out your mom's be, business too. Yeah. Um, my mom's company is called Human Capital Advantage. So she'll help run the profiles. Um, and then she actually coaches you know, you on, so first you need to, you know, I take, I took it myself and then based on how uh, the results are with yours versus the, the person that might work with you, that makes sure, you want to make sure it's compatible and that kind of thing. Uh, the other company I've been using is called advisor one, two, three. Now they used to be with another company, company called formula folios. They left formula folios and I use them because uh, Ben over there actually helps build my financial plans. He's a CFP. He'll help run my financial plans, but then Advisor123 also has the portfolios that I like to use. So um, they kind of, they run the trading, they run, so they, they do the portfolio management, the trading, the financial plan building, the Kwani, the Morningstar report for me. Um, so they do all the data entry. Again, that's the who, not the how, right? So I send that off to them. Now they don't cost anything as long as I, you know, use them for, um, no, they, they do charge, I think, $27.50 a month if you just want to use them. Um, I like their portfolios. I think they're one of the best portfolios out there. So I would use them if I were you. Um, and and so they let me use them if I'm using their app, you know, their, their portfolios. So great guys. They uh, Derek over there, who's the CFA, he will, if I call him up, I'm like, hey, I like your portfolio over here, but I need better income on this dividend portfolio. Can you help me build one? Sure. So he'll build out custom models for you. Um, super smart guy for CFA. I think um, he's, what was it? He was the youngest CFA or something like that, or youngest person to ever get their CFA. Yeah. I mean, a super smart guy, I think, puts it uh, not into perspective. I mean, he's a nerd. I think he was like, yeah, he was 30 under 30. He helped formula folios with all their businesses. So, I mean, at one point, he was, you know, managing. What was this oh, five five billion dollars? I I don't know the actual number. 
I was on three to five billion, somewhere around there. Yeah, Yeah, something something like that. Um, (laughs) But the way he he analyzes everything is it's crazy. Um, You're talking like an advisor now. You're up in your you're up in your AUM there. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a goofy dude. So yeah, I caught a fish this big. Can't see on screen, but but yeah, he's a he's a super genius. But you talk to him on the phone, he's a goofy guy. But anyways, it's a good team, and you know basically what what's going on here is like you have your set team, your A players, and then what helps them is outsourcing to a company or a team that specializes in that circumstance. You know, hence us marketing for people, hence advisor one, two, three for the money management, maybe the planning, um, mm-hmm. hence, you know, I mean, there's TAMPs all over the place, but you know, you kind of have that set up that, that kind of helps outsource that thing. But again, back to the book, who, who now? how? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't have a receptionist. I use a company called Ruby for that. You know, they answer the phones very friendly. Um, that's if like my staff misses the phone call, then it goes to an answering service and they can help, you know, for the call or take a voicemail for us so we can get back to them. So there's, you know, small things like that. Um, the next best person. So I'll kind of go in aura how I built my practice. I had an administrative person and then the next person I hired was a appointment setter, um, Dale. And you, when you have an appointment setter, you can't have like Jackie be your appointment setter. Okay. Like you can't have someone that's good at one thing to also try to make them good at another. I see this mistake happen all the time. You have so many advisors that will try to make their administrative person the person that makes the phone calls for the help book the appointments. Let me tell you something. They hate doing that. Hate doing that. So if they hate doing that, do you think they're going to spend a lot of time doing that? No. So don't put someone that hates doing something to do that because they're going to find every excuse in the book or find other things to do before they even start calling people. And that's where... You know, when we get a ton of appointments for these, you know, advisors and then they don't get these appointments after the seminars or the webinars, it's because they aren't doing the proper follow up or they don't have the right person making the appointment setting. So you need a dedicated person to actually do the appointment setting. I know there's a big FMO uh, that, you know, he always he he did it the same way. He had an administrative person and an appointment setter. And that appointment setter, all they did was just help book appointments. That was the next key thing. Now, when I was first starting out, I, I left another advisor and uh, started my own practice. And the appointment center I have now left the guy that I was with because um, I guess the well, the other guy that I was with fired Dale. <laughs> but, what a mistake. <laughs> but I already knew how good Dale was. But Dale calls me. He's like, do you have any work for me? I'm like, I just started out, man. I don't have like a lot. He's like, I, I, I'll just do anything. Like, give me some. So I told Dale I would, I could maybe use him for like an hour a week or two hours a week. And so he would come in once a week and I'd give him $300 a month. That's like basically all I could afford at the time. And then, you know, from there it's grown and now you know how much I pay him now, but, um, it's quite, <laughs> quite a bit more now cause he's basically like a full-time employee that just all he does is, you know, appointment setting. Mm-hmm. And he crushes it, does a great job even for the advisors that work with us, it's, it's phenomenal what he's able to do. But yeah, we even have him call, uh, you know, to keep him super, super busy. We even have him call for the advisors that work with our, se- our seminars and our webinars if they want to. And he's really good at it. Now he's 
62, I think, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, which, you know, he re really relates with people really, really well. Uh, he's super knowledgeable. He knows about every, he knows almost everybody. Like if you gave him a last name, he'd be like, oh, I think I know so-and-so. And he'll just start up a conversation. Like, hey, are you related to so-and-so? And they're like, yeah. It's like, oh, I used to play hockey with blah, blah, blah. And anyway, he just somehow, especially in Minnesota, he, you know, can relate with a lot of people. So he's been great. Um, I was, you know, fortunate, I guess, that he got fired from the previous advisor. <laughs> um, you have to thank him later. Call advisor <laughs> thank him later. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> I, I really appreciate you uh, handing me Dale. I, I literally think he books anywhere between 40 to 50 appointments a month for advisors that work with us um, outside of all the appointments he books for you. So uh, obviously a key role, I think appointment setter would probably be makes definitely sense why you, uh, that was number two in, in your practice. It gives the advisor, you know, you think about it, it gives the advisor the freedom to just do the appointment. They don't have to worry about chasing their leads after the seminar. They don't have to worry about chasing their leads after a webinar or any other marketing, right? They have someone that's that's doing it. Um, and then they just focus and show up, right, and run that, run that appointment. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, you know, in our office, this isn't something that Dale does for everybody, you know, afterwards. But if Mike or myself have an appointment with a potential prospect, we let Dale follow up with them, not, not the advisor. And we do that on purpose because we want the, you know, I'm more, I'm not a very aggressive type of a person um, when it comes to, you know, chasing people. So I'll let Dale do it and he does a great job on how he does it. And if someone says, Hey, call me in three months, he'll call them in three months. And he, sometimes people just need a little bit of that time. But he'll call them in three months. And the funny thing is, they're like, yeah, you know what? I remember telling you, call me in three months, and you did. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'd like to another appointment. And so sometimes just those, even though you're you're told, don't let it die, right? Time kills deal deals. There's also a, a bit of a, you know, let it marinate strategy too. And that can also be good. So it's a, a balancing act that you have to, to do or have to use when it comes to trying to get new prospects to, you know, finally sign the dotted line. But that's why important market is important, right? You have to keep your pipeline full. You have people that are going to sign up with you right away. You have people that are going to sign up with you a year or two or three years down the road. I just brought on a client that came in three years ago and he came in and I'm like, yep, I have my notes that you said you're going to retire in three years. He goes, yep. Well, it's been three years. I'm like, all right. Well, welcome back. He's like, I'm ready to move forward. I'm like, all right. Sounds good. <laughs> do you want to do pay? Awesome. Like, where do you want to move your money to? Fidelity or Schwab? It's like, wherever you tell me. I'm like, okay. Uh, let's go through the portfolios. He's like, Vince, I trust you. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't have to do any selling. I already, you know, I already did the selling a long time ago. Apparently, you know, where I seemed trustworthy and likable, and um, that he wanted to work with me later down the road. He just wasn't ready at that time, and so. It's important to keep marketing so you can help fill your pipeline at the beginning, but also it's important to constantly drip and keep those people uh, in your pipeline. Awesome. Okay. Agreed. Who's, uh, what was the third hire? I think you have what? Four, you have four employees currently or four staff, four team members. So third person was actually uh, Mike, who's the other advisor. And I brought on Mike because two years ago, 
I was taking on a bigger role in the marketing company. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was like, well, I still want to grow the finance planning practice. And Mike was working, he used to work for an FMO and he was working for this Medicare supplement company that promised him the world ended up not being what, you know, he thought it was going to be. So I'm like, Hey, I'm going to step aside from doing seminars. Why don't you learn how to do the seminars and you get all the, you know, all the meetings. And so he sat in, he sat in my first month or two of meetings. I came and did all the seminars with him at the beginning. Then he did the seminars and then he's been on his own since. And, um, you know, he's already at 14 million for the year. So he's doing really well this year. Um, you know, he started almost two years ago, not quite. He started really jumping into it about a year and a half ago. And he's already got close to 35 million in new assets. Um, and most of those clients are probably, you know, I'd say the average client has about a million dollars. Um, so he's not, he doesn't have like a ton of clients, which is good. Um, he's a little bit more picky than I, I was, but at the same time, he's been able to be a little bit more spoiled, you know, cause we run all the seminars for him. We do all the marketing for him. We do, you know, the only thing that he does is just do the meetings and he relies on my entire team to do just like I told you, you know, relies on Jackie to help get prepared for the meetings, relies on Dale to do all the follow-up, all that Mike does. I don't know if Mike is even in, like this is, I'm recording the podcast here at noon. I don't even know if Mike's in here right now. He comes in with for his meetings and then leaves. Um, so, yeah, you know, Mike's been been great on that end of it. So I've been able to kind of step aside. I still take on new clients, but I'm not as aggressive as I was before. I'm not been doing, I haven't been doing the marketing like Mike has. I've been, you know, my whole thought process was I need to fill my other advisor's calendar first before I fill my own. So the only way my calendar has been getting filled is if I take on some of the webinars or if I take on, um, there's some other, other advisors that we work with that bring me in on their meetings and I help them do the whole meeting process and um, help them bring on new clients. And then um, if there's someone like from three years ago that's like, hey, uh, is Vince still there? I'd like to work with him now. That's what happened to that other guy. Is he called in. He goes, does Vince still work there? And Jackie's like, uh, yeah, he owns the company. <laughs> He's like, okay, good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and I heard one of these, uh, I don't know who said it. Um, it was like probably one of these advisor training events that I went to. Um, but they were like, if you want to optimize your practice to where you want to be and, and you enjoy going in every day, it's like, look at the the two or three things that you love to do. You know, and a lot of advisors, it's meet clients, meet prospects and, and try to help them out. Right. That's like the two things, meet prospects and meet their current clients. And the guy was like, okay, well now how do you, what else do you do? Okay. It's the billing, the planning, looking at the markets, like all this stuff. And he's like, all right, well, how do we outsource each part of that? And so he'll literally look, all right, do we have to hire someone in-house for that? Like Jackie, do we have to, um, outsource that like advisor one, two, three. But someone has to look at their practice, look at what they want to do every day, and then see how you can outsource or optimize that those side things. I think a lot of advisors are, when they do that, they're afraid that they see a lot of money going out. But I mean, and I'm sure you can speak to this, but as soon as you are able to optimize and, and free up time, I've only seen advisors grow in assets and actually end up making more money and, and, and but being happier. They're not working those 12 hours. And again, I, I'm, I know they struggle, but you can confirm or deny that uh, that's from what I've heard. 
Yeah, I think it's also nice to be able to separate, right? Like if I go on a trip like before, if I didn't have Jackie, I, I'd be consumed in my phone checking email or talking to a client or a prospect all the time. And now if I like tomorrow, I'm supposed to go up to my brother's house for, you know, kind of like a family reunion. I know I can leave and not worry about what's going on in the office. Now, do they stay as late as five o'clock? Probably not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> did they come as early as eight thirty? Probably not. You know, they know I'm not there for, the, you know. But at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. You you do need to treat your employees well. I think the other part is you do need to, which you know I've been known to not treat them like as well. Like it gets. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean you know we get close. Okay, so sometimes we can almost treat each other poorly because we're too close and we, you know, we start snapping back at each other, right? Like bro- and then, brother and sister, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and sometimes Jack and I have to have like some, you know, heart-to-heart meetings to like calm us both down and, hey, this is what's going on. Like, you're hurting my feelings. You're hurting my, you know, and she's her back. And, anyway, so then we make up and we're fine. But I do, you know, we both trust each other. We both kind of know our 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 ways and you know like i might change something on her and i say hey i thought we were doing it this way she's like no you changed that last time i'm like well no now i'm going back to that you know (laughs) so (laughs) you know i'm sure there's things that she puts up with but the other thing is i know i do pay her pretty good industry you know based on industry standards um i know i pay her a lot more than most people do in, in other financial planning companies um and I've I've given her raises like constantly. Like she started at I think around forty two thousand, and has you know grown every single year. And I've given her pay raises every single year, um, and to a point where now it's like all right, we gotta maybe think about other ways to incentivize you or, or help you know like do like profit sharing or something, where it's not always just constantly giving you raises. It's you know maybe more bonus and just just a, another way of like trying to keep the salary at at a level field so that way we when we hire other people it's not like you know such a wide gap or something but we do you know dale you i told you what he makes i mean he makes decent money for being an appointment setter um mike i have his payout structure pretty rewarding uh to a point where he can get up to almost 60 percent of total revenue coming in if he is still growing or fifty uh, percent based on if his revenue is, is big enough, which the idea is you want to pay people well enough so that they want to stay too. And um, my dad always had the saying: "Feed the eagle, starve the turkeys." So you know, you pay the people that you really like, pay them well, and if people aren't very aren't doing very well, you starve them uh, to a point where they either they quit on their own or you have to fire them. But I haven't had to do that really. You know, with with that often, I think I've had to fire one person. That was on the marketing side, and that was my fault. Yeah, that was. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I hired a um, friend. The profile thing that came back from my mom was not very good. But I'm like, ah, oh, he's still he's a very friendly guy. You know, he he, he really he was, he was desperate, and I thought maybe because he was desperate, part of that would work. And nope, not so much. <laughs> I mean, it's key. I mean, we're all small businesses, right? Um, 
and when you're building a, a team, you're building a family, you know, foremost. And if you reward people well, you treat them well, even if it's like brother sister relationship, right? That's still family, right? I still do or die for my sisters, um, regardless of what they say or do. Um, but you reward well, treat them like family, and the good will stay, you know, and they'll stay for a long time. And they want to see you succeed, you know, Jackie. I'm assuming by this time, maybe not every day. I'm sure there's off days, but it's like, you know, man, I want CFG to get to that billion, two billion mark. And what can I do? And then they start thinking outside the box. Like, how can I help Vince get to X? Um, how can I help? Like, even on our team, it's like, how can we help um, this advisor get a better result here? And it's all due to the family atmosphere, how the advisors treat our staff on the, on the marketing side. It's all, it's always good for the most part. Um, and everyone wants to see each other succeed because of that relationship that, you know, you've built within both even our marketing team and CFG side of things. So, yeah, I do some things too, where, you know, Jackie kind of runs the office too. <laughs> so, you know, she makes sure there's water in the fridge at, at the front. Um, when, uh, I order pizza or food every Friday uh, for lunch. Um, during the summer, we have half days on Fridays. My PTO is technically unlimited, so they can take time whenever they want within reason. You know, I'm not Facebook or Amazon or something like that where, you know, you you have like a year's worth of maternity or something like that. But um, or whatever, I don't know if there's this. It's like um, they have unlimited PTO like too or something. Years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I know some of those things have come, have kind of clawed back, but you know, Jackie, she made a comment to me early this year saying like she hasn't been able to go on a vacation and you know, she just felt like she can't. And so, um, I knew she was pretty busy and she kind of broke down a little bit. I'm like, I'm trying to hire somebody else. So we did hire another Jackie, another administrative type person to help with that. So that way we can help relieve her and feel like she can go on vacations again. So before she felt like she couldn't go on vacations because, or take time off because the workload would just add up. And she felt like if she went on vacation, she would just have too much work when she got back. Now, you know, Jackie's a salaried employee. She'll, she can come and go and, you know, she's, she, what I tell her, I'm like, if you have a lot more work to do, just stay late one day or something, you know? But she likes to go for happy hours and stuff like that with her friends and her, she just, yeah, she's got a good schedule. Um, so she likes to make sure she can leave when she wants to leave at, at five o'clock and that kind of thing. But I did actually get her a trip to Mexico. I forget if it was Cancun or something. Uh, she knows, but <laughs> I got, I got her a trip cause she's like, I haven't had a vacation in a long time. So, um, I got her a trip, I did like a all-inclusive type place and sent her off and like, go have fun. Swam with the dolphins and she had a lot of fun. So, but Jackie's easy, right? Like, uh, I knew I could send her to like an all inclusive hotel and she could like live off of the beer and the food that they have there, <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> I knew she'd be in paradise. Right. Uh, yeah. so that was, it was a perfect place to send her, but th there are some things that you need to like, make sure you do. And, um, because like you said, then they look after you, right? So they want to see you grow too and be successful. And, and so for this year, what I said is if we hit like a certain mark in, uh, in revenue that I would get the whole team a trip to Mexico this year. So 
Um, that's what we're trying to do is incentivize the whole team here and we'll all take a trip. So sorry, that doesn't include the marketing team. That just includes the financial planning team. Hey, that's fine. Marketing team will do their own little trip. We're separate. It's fine. We'll create, we'll create something for the marketing (laughs) team. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's awesome. And I I know we're running short on time, but you know, it is cool. Um, and I'm sure advisors will appreciate this, you know, find, find your right hand person and grow upon that. Don't be afraid to outsource or hire out. Um, and, and then treat staff. Well, I think there are three key things on this. You know, once you have someone good, treat them good. Um, you certainly done that and it obviously shows, um, attraction and how long people have stayed with you to work with you. I mean, you haven't had, I don't think any, I don't know. We've had a couple people leave on the marketing side, but really no one leave on your CFG side. Right. Um, so you've, you've built retention and, and family there. So, yeah, very cool. Marketing side is a little a different with people leaving. Up. We just, yeah. One had to let we go. Yeah. And then we, you got a couple of young guys and because we're a smaller office, you know, they want to be in the big office format and, you know, it's our fault for maybe hiring too young, but other than that, we have a good team. You know, Josh is here, Brittany, another one that I got from the other advisor. She's, you know, she's a great employee, right? I kind of look at advisor's name. I think, I think advisors should be calling him and be like, Hey, next time you fire someone, (laughs) give me a call. We'll take him on board. (laughs) That's crazy. I mean, two solid advisors. I mean, we're, we're advisors. We're difficult to work with. I don't know how many advisors I talk to that, you know, like there's always a new <laughs> administrative person. I feel like yes. advisors have a hard time keeping them. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, as business owners, we're always stressed. You know, it's, you know, we look at things financially, we get stressed out about it. Um, I get stressed out about that stuff sometimes, you know, or I get frustrated if things aren't growing as fast as I want them to grow. Um, or, or I'm not where I want to be, but if you can start putting systems in place and getting the right, right, right people to hire and find the right partners, you can let some of that stuff go and not get so, you know, caught up. You know, I think if you think about it, there was a guy, um, this is the last thing here before we go. There was a guy that had two marketing staff that he let go recently. And this is the guy that didn't know his numbers, Right. And then we went through the numbers. He could have been saving so much more money and spent so much more money on marketing if he didn't have those, you know, marketing people on his on his staff. And if you think about it, how I set was set up before, I was using a company called Advisor Fuel, and they were doing my marketing. Like, and I was using Formafolios, which they were using Retirement Wealth Academy. I was using their programs. I wasn't doing any of that. I, I found people to partner with to help me run my marketing, and then because I helped build up the advisor field part, like I, you know, like I had my certain process, it was easy for me to try to bring people on, on the marketing team to build it the way I want it to be built. But I already had a, you know, head start on all that. So before you jump in and try to create your own marketing company, if you want to, great. You know, I don't recommend it to be honest, but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, I like the financial planning side more, but I like, I like working with other advisors and helping them grow to, I think we can help each advisor that we work with get to 2 million a month or more. And, or at least if they have 10 advisors, we can help each one of them get to 2 million a month or more. So that's kind of our mission here and um, something that we kind of walk and talk. And so if you want to learn more about what we do, you can always go to mastermindadvisor.com 
or you can go to our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast or watch us on YouTube. Uh, we post all these uh, podcasts on YouTube as well. Uh, we do have a lot of past episodes uh, or videos that show kind of our marketing and uh, more in depth as well as a demo on how our system works. So feel free to go check that out at uh, mastermindadvisor.com or go to our YouTube channel. Absolutely. As always, Josh, look forward to seeing you next time.